0: listeners to Season 6, Episode 4 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Char, and my pronouns are she, they.
1: And I'm Kelly, and my pronouns are they, them.
0: And this week, we're watching An American Werewolf in London from 1981. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to offer a rude British awakening. <laughs> before we go any further we want to let you know that this episode will contain discussion on sexism and suicide if either of these things are something that you need to not hear about today feel free to skip this episode and we'll see you next time no worries
1: so i made the drink as usual i don't know what we're supposed to say there anymore (laughs) hey i'm kelly i made drink uh so i call this cocktail Moore gimlet okay Like M-O-O-R, but it's supposed to be like But really, it's like, you want
0: more? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I wanted to go with something classically British, which a gimlet is pretty British. I also wanted to make it very... I didn't know that. Yeah. I wanted to make it uh, aromatic and also sort of be like the moors. So when you drink this, you'll turn into a werewolf. Uh, So it's two parts gin, one part vodka, uh, some absinthe bitters. I use fresh lime and I threw a sprig of fresh uh, dill in there. Uh, And when I make gimlets, I usually like to pre-mix the concoction and then shove it in the freezer for a while. Just because like gimlets are supposed to be really cold when you drink them. Mm. And if you freeze it or like put it in the freezer, uh, it'll get cold without getting watered down, um, which would normally happen if you like shake it with ice. So throw it in the freezer for a bit and use that time to sort of infuse the dill. I wanted it. To taste like dill without being like a pickle. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, I haven't actually tried it yet, so I'm going to give it a try.
0: It has just the right amount of dill, I would say. I also love how thinly you slice that lime to be on the side. Gimlet's, I think I always say that margaritas are my favorite cocktail but gimlets are also really good because I love anything that has that that strength of the liquor accompanied mm. by the true zap
1: that comes <laughs> with
0: very sour, either lemon or lime. Yeah. And this does both of that very well.
1: Yeah. These are one of those drinks where it's like good to have one or two, but uh, don't like dedicate your night to them because they will fuck you up. Um Yeah. The absinthe actually. So I don't really like absinthe too much because it's basically just anise, and but I try to use it because hey, it's absinthe, and you know, I don't <laughs> it know. It makes us feel bougie. Yeah, people tell me I'm supposed to use <laughs> it, uh, so I think I got just the right amount of bitters. Um, so the the anise, the dill, and the lime all create this like very aromatic drink that was kind of what I was going for. I imagine moors are probably aromatic it's not in a
0: good way but this is in a good way (laughs) (laughs)
1: um yeah so it's kind of embodying that and again the rude awakening is when you get drunk and have to wake up after having a bunch of these yeah i'm at i'm really happy with this one it's simple but i think i balanced it really well
0: yeah the glassware that you also chose is very like 70s 80s which works out well And it's got a stem. It's like a wine glass that's cubed almost. Yeah, it's cool. Um, But it fits the era of this film's um, release date.
1: Ooh,
0: I think very well. Before we dive on in, we've got some Patreon thank yous. So thank you so, so much to Diana S, Ollie A, who tweeted today, by the way, Ollie, we'll get to shut you out again later. (laughs) Aiden T, Jackie V, Roxanne B. Aubrey L. Les us represent podcast. Nicholas G. Jacob M. And Colleen D. Thank you all so, so much for supporting the show. We could not do it without you. Mm-hmm. This week, we watched an American werewolf in London. In your honor, patrons. It premiered on August 21st, 1981, and it's written and directed by John Landis. It stars David Naughton as American tourist turned werewolf David Kessler, Griffin Dune as American tourist and best friend turned zombie Jack Kessler. Wait, best friend. I called them best friends. They were brothers.
1: Oh, I didn't realize they were brothers.
0: I'm just noticing now. Same last name. <laughs> Maybe they're married. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny Agutter as nurse Alex Price. This synopsis was written by J Welch 5742 on IMDb. Thank you, Jay Welch. David and Jack, two American college students, doesn't say they're brothers, I don't know, uh, are backpacking through Britain when a large wolf attacks them. David survives with a bite, but Jack is brutally killed. As David heals in the hospital, he's plagued by violent nightmares of his mutilated friend. Friend! There you go. How do they have the same last name? Did I fuck that up?
1: It's a really common American last name. Uh, (laughs) Listen, it's hard to tell.
0: Uh, Who warns David that he is becoming a werewolf. One of David's nurses, Alex, becomes very attractive. Very attractive. Becomes very attracted (laughs) to David. I mean, very attractive, too. We're keeping that in there. Don't edit that. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: the gimlet. It's getting to you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I only had one sip. Oh, boy. Uh, But she invites him to stay with her at her London flat after he's released. The two become lovers. Late one night when Alex is sleeping, David wakes up to use the bathroom. He is startled by Jack, whose spirit form has begun to decay. Later, when David discovers the horrible truth, he contemplates committing suicide before the next full moon causes him to transform from man to murderous (gasps)
1: beast.
0: As a werewolf, David goes on a rampage, killing six new victims. And the next day, he has no memory of this. After reading a newspaper about the ordeal, he runs away. David winds up in a porno theater, took a turn, (laughs) at Piccadilly Square. Jack visits him again and introduces him to the ghosts of the people he murdered. They're all quite angry with David and all try to convince him to commit suicide immediately. David suddenly transforms into the wolf again and bursts out of the theater, attacking people on the street and causing several violent car crashes. He's hunted by the police to a dead end alley. Dr. Hirsch and Alex find him there. And Alex tries to calm David down and help him transform back. With some recognition of Alex in his eyes, David leaps at her, fanging an attack. The police shoot him dead immediately. And Alex tells David that she loves him. No, that's the end
1: the end okay bye remember (laughs) scream responsibly wait wait
0: wait Give me with that trailer audio first what was it a coyote there aren't any coyotes in England did you get a good look at the man who attacked you doctor my memory is fine it's my sanity I'm beginning to worry about are you alright now I don't know I'll let you know the next full moon I'm a werewolf. So that was the 35th anniversary trailer for this film, which I thought was okay. I thought that was pretty good. I liked how it was cut.
1: Yeah, it was good. It again kind of gave away the whole movie. But I guess if it's for the 35th anniversary, it's like, what are you trying to hide? I guess. And also,
0: what is there to give away? When the title of the film is <laughs> an American werewolf in London. You got all the beats. You're an American. You're
1: a werewolf. You're in London. Whoa. Whoa. I need to ask you something, because when you pitched this movie to me, you said it was a comedy and neither the trailer nor watching the movie kind of solidified that idea with me. hmm. It was kind of like a black comedy a bit. I have a scary fact about okay, this. OK, I'll ig- ignore that then. Put that on the on the back burner. It's fine. And p- I'll say it now
0: because it's good to share, because this is the only thing I knew about the film going in besides, you know, it's a werewolf movie and that it's a classic was that apparently it was a comedy. Oh, so director John Landis says people always mistake the movie for a comedy. It's not a comedy. People keep calling it a comedy. <laughs> it's very funny, I hope, but it is a, is a horror movie. <coughs> we meet these guys in a truckload of sheep. This is not subtle. I mean, these boys are dead by the end of the movie. This is not a happy tale. This is not a comedy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> OK, so it's a comedy then.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, because I, I mean, it had jokes in it and there was like funny moments, but like. That happens in a lot of movies. There are yeah. thrillers that have jokes and stuff in them sometimes. So. Which was
0: so weird. It really set us up for a weird expectation watching the movie. Like I kept waiting. Like, when is it going to get funny? Because it starts off pretty serious. And it's got that whole like 80s vibe of, yeah. you know, I don't know how to say it. It's not a slow burn or it is, but it's done in a way that I don't love where <laughs> it seems like they're just wasting time and not doing anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. And sometimes those were done in a comedic way. So there were definitely
0: like such weird moments too where there was a guy that kept dropping instrument trays over and over. That was very like British humor.
1: Yeah. Which is also funny because I don't think this movie was actually. A British movie was it because it was made by Universal which Mm -hmm. I believe is an American company they had to
0: get like um passports like or visas for people to be able to film it in the UK yeah yeah
1: yeah also the shot of him in the gurney during the dream Mm -hmm. where his like face turns pale blue and has yellow eyes and stuff like that for the longest time, I thought that image was from Evil Dead because it kind of looks like um, what's his face? who plays Ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ooh, uh, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell. It kind of looks like Bruce Campbell. So considering I'd never seen Evil Dead before up until like a year or two ago when we did it for the show, I thought that was from Evil Dead. And then it didn't happen in Evil Dead. So I kept waiting for it to happen. <laughs> and then it just randomly happened in this movie. And I was like, oh, that's where that image is from. The
0: moment that it popped up on screen that you said exactly that.
1: I was like, oh, because I've seen that image before. I just had no idea where it was from. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's that was it. That was it really helped fill in my movie meme image knowledge. Do
0: you have actual thoughts though besides these little fun anecdotes
1: yeah i got some real real thoughts some real homegrown Not those fake thoughts i yeah. want
0: the real ones
1: hashtag fake thoughts
0: <laughs> let's uh, start with this last one because that's a real thought to me
1: so uh lots of boobs lots of peens we uh, we have everyone knows well i mean it's a new season so maybe you don't know but char and i have a tradition that Anytime a, a boob, a vajij or a peen shows up, uh, we always have to shout it out. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we, we say hold it.
0: back if there's like other people watching with us. But
1: I feel like we also hold back if it's like sad.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: If a boob shows up and it's sad, we don't usually say. No. It. But uh, when it's fun boobs or fun penises and there are a lot of. They penises, were very fun in this one, which did make <laughs> me think that it was British, because I know in uh, the UK you can show a flaccid penis much easier than you can in America. I so, have a scary
0: fact about penises. Oh, dang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Good, because my sex ed teacher did nothing for me. <laughs> I it don't know what's to going on down there.
0: had <laughs> actually hide most of the penis shots because David Naughton was not circumcised, but his character was Jewish. So once they found wow. that out, they were like, "Oh, gotta hide that peen."
1: Huh? That's interesting. I wasn't like, gonna
0: include that scary fact, but then you know, one of your points was boobs and penis. It's like a reverse <laughs>
1: Joey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, I just thought that was fun. It's totally. Uh, yeah. I mean, they had that whole scene in the uh the porn this theater. Z- you porn playing? No. I was like,
0: holy <laughs> cow! What am I watching? <laughs>
1: It was also especially weird that my mom texted me later and she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're doing American Werewolf in London. I watched that when I was so young and I'm like, all right, (laughs) seems irresponsible to me. Maybe it was a TV version with everything cut out. Mm. My first point uh, going back is that. Sorry. So the whole premise was that these American tourists wandered in on this village. Uh, The village guys were all assholes, as you want to be, and they just let the tourists Venture off into the darkness, knowing full well there is a werewolf that would kill them and or turn them into a werewolf. Right. Yeah. So then following that, they fix the remaining guy up, kind of patch him a little bit and send him on his merry way. And then they're surprised when that doesn't work out. Like what? What was the idea there? The, un- the understanding was that they let it they were trying not to let the werewolf slip. So they sent the only person who has seen the werewolf and survived into the city where obviously he would be interrogated by police because it was someone's very died.
0: strange to me. Yeah, very strange.
1: Like, why wouldn't they keep him around and like tell, show him the ropes or like try to kill him like, and have him they escape? They couldn't
0: even be bothered. Yeah. They didn't want to assist him at all. They didn't even want to assist them when they came into the pub. They just were like scaring them out already.
1: Yeah, it seems very irresponsible for a village that knew there was werewolves. Yeah. All because the guys asked what the pentagram on the wall meant.
0: Which, what does it mean? Why is it? there?
1: (laughs) Probably protects (laughs) against the werewolves, but also like cover that shit up or get used to people asking, hey, what's that pentagram? Yeah. Yeah, they were real touchy about that and then did a terrible job covering the whole thing. So bad premise to begin with. All of those deaths are their fault. A lot of people died in the city and it's all this village's fault.
0: Including all those car crashes
1: at the end. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I mean, it is a comedy after all. My second point. Not a comedy. (laughs) Is that uh, I really actually liked the the lore of the werewolf Mm. in this one. I mean, you got Mm -hmm. your classic, like you've been attacked by the werewolf. So now every full moon you're going to turn into one. But the added aspect of your victim is going to be trapped here. Their spirit can never go to the afterlife. So they're stuck here forever Uh, is very cool. And I couldn't think of or really passively find any other instance of that being the case. Um, So I thought that was actually really neat. And it added sort of an extra layer to the guilt of turning into the werewolf.
0: Mm -hmm. This is also interesting because When this film came out, there weren't that many werewolf movies already in existence. And Mm -hmm. actually, scary fact that I did not include, but I'm saying now. And many of the first few audiences that saw the film were confused about the shot of the old skinny man in the first moor when the werewolf gets killed. They're like, who is that guy? Why is he bleeding? Why is he there? (laughs) But we know that that's because when a werewolf is killed, they get reverted back to their human form. Yeah. uh, Which wasn't really explained until the end of this film.
1: Yeah, even if it wasn't explained, like even if that was a mystery for viewers, that's still kind of cool where it's like, wait, wasn't there just a wolf? Where's this this guy? What's this
0: man? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that
1: sort of confusion eventually pays off when you learn that a human turns into a werewolf and then back again. Yeah. And then we see him actually turn back when he gets shot later. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a bad design.
0: No, just, yeah. it was just interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's time for Whispers,
0: Whispers from Beyond. From this is the part of our show where we think everyone who gives us a review, tweets about the show, or sends us an email, and we read it live on, I was going to say camera, on microphone, on the podcast. Yep, <laughs> I'm going to read it now. Okay. This is from Ollie A., who, surprise we are back they hey. tweeted out saying all caps OMG wait drink <laughs> <laughs> underscore scream is back yes <laughs> and I hope I gave that tweet justice because yeah, that's exactly perfect. how we felt when we uh, restarted the show again with our sixth season so thank you so much for being excited we are excited too
1: Yeah, wow. it's, it energizes us to see how excited people are and I don't know, honestly, if people weren't excited, we'd probably stop. <laughs> so your your energy keeps it going.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm a lazy person. Yeah. I got a lot going
1: on. <laughs> I could be making these cocktails and then drinking them on the couch. So
0: <laughs> we're gonna take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors.
1: This season of drinking and screaming would not be possible without the support of Mad Lab Distillery. With us since the very beginning, this distillery is Canadian and we love everything they create. I used their absinthe bitters in this drink and even though I don't like anise, I think I said that I enjoyed it. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) You can get their amazing products at a private liquor store near you or at madlabdistilling.com.
0: Evil Amy's Terror Shop is also sponsoring our show. They have a wide collection of pop figures that you can collect. We have a whole shelf of horror figures from this shop, and they have a sale going on. If you use the code EVIL10, all caps, you can get 10% off your purchase. They ship globally, so check them out at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com. If you do, we'll read it on the show.
1: Yeah. For more information and to buy some merch, go to drinking and Oh, no. We're going back to the episode.
0: I have some thoughts. You do? I do. And I will say that they are two very mediocre thoughts, which I thought was appropriate because this film was very mediocre.
1: Okay, is that your first thought?
0: (laughs) Uh, No, that was just a little freebie. That was like the boobs and peen. You know, you got to just give a freebie in there.
1: That's fair. This
0: first thought is that I wish that the nurse Alex was more of a character. Mm. And this is an 80s film. So you really kind of anticipate that going in that if there's any women at all, which let's be honest, she's the only fucking one. They aren't going to have much to go off of. But this one for real for me was totally just her being a plot device for this man. She really wants his dick. So <laughs> that was great. Glad that she got that. There was a huge amount of gratuitous nudity for her in the sex scene, um, which was fine. I mean, go you get yours. But that was <laughs> all she did. And. That, yeah, she nursed him back to health and then she offered him a place to stay and they boned. And then at the end, she was like, I love you. And yeah. that was it.
1: It seems like a bit of conflict of interest. Yeah. To, um, I, I mm, yeah, it is the classic like injured soldier nurse heals her, heals him, and then, you know, they bone. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. It kind of, we didn't see enough of them actually getting along. To justify the whole jump in relationship. It
0: was so fast. And people online have also had the same complaint. And then some people are like coming to the defense of the film being like, it's because he's a werewolf. So there's like pheromones <laughs> and she <laughs> like wants him real bad and like whatever. Then explain that also. But they did not
1: <laughs> That's kind of. Yeah, that's gross. Um, that's some wild incel energy. Uh, mm-hmm. but the, yeah, I don't know. I like, I, I can see like, Hey, he's an American tourist. I'm not going to see him again. Might as well get one in. Um, but then it kind of went a little bit further. Like than that, why didn't you just it go was home? Like they're
0: in a relationship. It felt like yeah. totally. I was like, this is like us. This is weirdly us. Like they started <laughs> dating. Da- they like started dating and then it was like, they are a hundred percent committed. And I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah. The
0: other thing I wanted to talk about were the special effects. Ooh. There were many practical effects featured in this film, and they were really hands down the best part of the movie mm-hmm. by far. The transformation scene alone was incredible. I really liked uh, some graphic description of body horror is going to happen now, Um The elongation of the hands and the nails Mm. coming out was very cool for me. It was an interesting thing that they decided to focus on. I feel like werewolf transformations. it's always like the back cracking and, you know, the long snout appearing, which also they had a great snout transformation sequence, too. (laughs) But the hands stick with me to this to this moment now as I'm talking about it.
1: Yeah. Also, the whole uh, prosthetics for his friend when he was talking to him as a ghost, uh, were unsettling and very well done.
0: Talk about the wiggly part. (laughs) Yeah,
1: so the first time his friend visits him after he's dead, like his whole left side is just shredded. You can see like the meat underneath his skin and stuff. Uh, But there's just also this piece of skin kind of under his left jaw that wiggled every time he talked. And it was very distracting and unnerving, which kudos to whoever made that.
0: (laughs) And that's it, though. That's all I got to say.
1: That's all you got to say. Are you, are, you, are you sure you don't have anything else to say? Because, listen, we're getting close to the full moon, I think. I have no fucking clue.
0: <laughs> I like that you checked the window. Are we? Yeah, I don't you know. know. <laughs> you can see the moon
1: with all of the, the buildings the way. Uh, I, I got this book. It's a normal book. You know, it's, it's got pages and paper and it's bound and glue on it or something like that. But every full moon. When the sun goes down and that moon rises, it turns into an evil beast. That means I have to open the. Ra- yeah. oh, my God. oh, God, it's awful.
0: That's, That's what he good. sounds like when he transforms.
1: Yeah, he's like he's like just reading a book and he's like, it's so hot. Ah. I have to strip down. That zero to 100, I'm telling you, perfect comedic timing in this comedy.
0: (laughs) My recommendation is Ginger Snaps from 2000, which we have done on the show before. It is about a teenage girl who gets bit by a werewolf and her sister who helps her through the transformation and beyond. It is very badass and it's Canadian. Ginger Snaps from 2000.
1: Nice mine's a video game recommendation (gasps) uh it is the quarry from this year 2022 so good yeah it is uh one of those choose your own adventure games where you play a group of camp counselors who are caught in the middle of a werewolf related conspiracy uh it's really good uh it's got david arquette uh which is yeah from from the screams and, uh, you know, we love, uh, we love ourselves a modern choose your own adventure game. That's the quarry from 2022.
0: It's time for Da-da-da!
1: scaredy facts. This is the part of our podcast where we invite you into our small London apartment that was actually Ooh. quite big for a single person. And we and just and
0: leave the doors open too. We just
1: leave the doors open. And uh, after we watch a horror movie, we snuggle up and bend and read some trivia to calm down. To learn how the prosthetics work, how the 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 movie work and (laughs) talk about all the boobs. Boobs.
0: (laughs) Starting with the budget, which was an estimated 10 million dollars. The gross worldwide rate is 30 million point six eight. Wow. 30.68 million. Holy cow.
1: That's that's a chunk.
0: It's not as much as I would have anticipated. These like classic 80s horror films, I always feel like are In the hundreds of millions, if not more. So I was a bit surprised. But this is still, don't get us wrong, a huge chunk of money. Chunk of change. (laughs) This film is also the first to ever earn the Academy Award for Best Makeup. It was created, that category, in 1981.
1: Wow. And they won. That that makes sense, because it was very good makeup.
0: (laughs) Those hands, man, I'm telling (laughs) you. Rick Baker claimed to have been disappointed by the amount of time spent shooting the face changing shot for the transformation after having spent months working on the mechanism. It wasn't something that they used the actor's face for because it actually had a elongation of the entire face frame, including that snout shot. And uh, John Landis only required one take lasting about seven seconds, which Baker then felt he had wasted his time until seeing the film with an audience, which applauded during that one seven second (laughs) shot. That's good. And it sticks with you. It's really cool. The whole transformation moment was awesome.
1: Yeah, that was well worth the hour before that happened. (laughs)
0: Yeah. We pointed this out to each other while we were watching, but there was a lot of Blue Moon, the song, being featured Mm. in the film. But actually, every song in this film has the word moon in its title.
1: Interesting. I learned a fact Googling something. Oh, because the moon happens two nights in a row. And I yes. was like, does that fucking happen? I, uh, I still don't know. I, I lost track. Uh, it's ADHD. I didn't follow up. But I learned what a blue moon is. You know, when they say like once in a blue moon, mm-hmm. it's when a full moon happens at the very beginning of a month and then happens again at the very end of a month. And it's one oh. of those two moon, two full moons, uh, in uh, one month. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. That's it.
0: Do you have any idea how they would get the cat in the movie to get angry?
1: Uh, by telling it it doesn't get any food.
0: <laughs> it's something that would get Buddy very angry, which is holding up another cat to its face. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: wow, Buddy could be an actor.
0: Yeah, they got so many good hisses out of that. <laughs> Um, interestingly, unlike most motion pictures, this was a film that was actually shot in sequence, which doesn't happen very frequently.
1: Well, that makes sense. They had to kill people and they couldn't get scenes with them later. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. this scary (laughs) fact confirms that they were friends. So I don't know why I gave them both the same last name. I'm like, I'm more and more gaslighting myself that it was a mistake I made. But the opening scene of the movie depicts friends, David and Jack, on a walking tour of Yorkshire, Northern England, traveling on foot toward the nearest town. Because of the cold and dampness of the location, Dune's nose was running. While delivering a line of dialogue, Naughton glanced over at Dune just in time to see Dune catching and wiping away a stream of snot coming from his nose. Naughton laughed at the sight of Dune's discomfort, making Dune begin to laugh while responding to Naughton's line of dialogue. And because of the spontaneity of the shot and the scene was largely improvised anyways, they decided to keep it in the film. Nice. And that opening moment of them really did seem like they were such great friends. And I think it was largely because of this encounter. So I thought
1: that was cool to include. Yeah, I did really feel like that in the beginning of how close they were. yeah. Also, I did just Google uh, and it's David Kessler and Jack Goodman.
0: OK, so I did make a mistake. Yeah. Who am I? I'm not a professional podcaster.
1: We'll keep that all in the in the podcast so that um, <laughs> the mystery can be followed. It's a it's a through line in the yeah. entire podcast.
0: Exactly. All right. I have three more scary facts. All right. The contact lenses for this movie were made out of glass. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. I just wanted to include that. It was. That
1: bad. (laughs) That bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There is now a slaughtered lamb pub in the Greenwich Village section of New York City, which is in Griffin Dune's neighborhood. And it has his and David Naughton's picture in it.
1: Oh, that's cute.
0: Okay, last scaredy fact I have is that they tried to do everything they could to get the movie to be an R rating rather than unrated or whatever. So. To do that, they had to tone down the sex scene, which I can't believe what it was before, because that was already pretty raunchy to me or not raunchy, but they, it was long.
1: Yeah, it was very uncomfortably long.
0: <laughs> and we were, were just ourselves watching it as a couple. And I was like, this is long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other things were they edited out a scene where the werewolf kills the three homeless people uh, because preview audiences really didn't like it. Uh, they also removed a scene where a piece of toast fell out of Jack's undead throat, which I would have <laughs> wanted to see. Um, and later on, the director, Landis, re- says that he regrets taking out these edits, cutting mm. these scenes, which is too bad. I mean, Maybe the, they could release an unrated version.
1: Yeah. The, I mean, the toast would really fit well in the fact that it's a comedy. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally a comedy. Totally. Uh, but that's it for Scary Facts. Yeah. Any final
0: thoughts? I feel like my final thought can be summed up into one word, which is "eh." (laughs) I don't think you have to see this movie. I did enjoy watching it or, you know, it just feels like one of those home from school sick type of movies where it's kind of comforting in a weird way. There's not much going on. So you can just let your mind wander while you watch it until the exciting moment of the transformation happens. Yeah. I think that I would be interested in seeing a remake of this film because the concept was very cool, and I would want to see more modern
1: characters in it. Yeah, I think you're, there's a difference between didn't enjoy or sorry, there's a difference between enjoyed it and didn't not enjoy it. I think yeah. I said that right. It's like yeah. it, you weren't like really excited, but it's not like you hated it. Yeah, uh, yeah, mine's basically the same. It existed. Uh, Everything about the werewolf was really cool, but it felt like the rest of the movie was kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a whole sequence where he's bored at her apartment, and I'm like, it's ironic because him being bored in her apartment is boring to watch.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and that scene, too, was too long. Too long.
1: Yeah. Well, that's been An American Werewolf in London, a movie about an American feeling the consequences of his actions.
0: Next week, we'll be watching Cam from 2018. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah, Bye! bye. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming.
1: Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear.
0: Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright.
1: And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear.
0: For bonus episodes, Patreon poll, voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream.
1: Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show.
0: For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.